wisdom. Lear ground his jaw. There was a pause, and silence fell over the clearing once again. Then, quietly at first, Lear was not sure whether it might not be the wind in the quicken trees, there came the whisper of a name. It grew to a murmur. Bodov, said the warriors. Bodov, added the voices of the women. Bodov, they all shouted in a roar, gods and warriors and women all together. Well, not all the gods and men. When the shouting died down, and the Tuatheidanan lined up to pay their respects to Bodov Derg, the new high king, there was no sign of Lear. Without any mark of respect or obedience, Lear, the haughty sea god, had left the clearing with all his clan, slinking away to Shifanacha in a thundercloud of anger. The other gods were furious at the insult to the new king. You cannot let this contempt go unpunished, Bodov, said Ilbrak of Asero. He has to yield. You were elected king. After him, and by the new moon, Lear shall be nothing but a pile of bleaching bones, and his name nothing more than a vague memory. Give us the word, Bodov, growled Mir the Proud, and we will hunt him and his clan right to the gates of Awan Macha and burn it to the ground. And Mir's people, who had no great love for Lear and his clan from the north, rattled their shield and swords together and sang out their anger. But Bodov shook his long red hair sadly and called for quiet. No, no, he said. Lear is a great warrior, greater than I in battle. I know it. He will defend himself fiercely. Many will be slain, and for what? I am no less your king. Leave him to defend our coasts against invaders from his fort, she Fanacha. And so matters rested for a long time, with the quarrel unmended. Lear remained unharmed in Ulster, bitter and angry as the day he left, Then one day a great wail was heard throughout the north. It travelled west and east. The wife of Lear is dead, it said. A sudden sickness had struck her down, and in three days she wasted away to nothing. And the word all over Aaron was that in his sadness over her death, Lear's anger had melted like winter's frost. It was not so long before the news travelling south down the Shannon stream reached Bodov in his palace. He gave a grim smile. Out of this sorrow may come something happier. Perhaps at last we can heal the breach between us. Send messengers to Lear, offering the hand of friendship, and if he accepts, tell him this. I have three beautiful foster daughters in my house— each one sweeter than the summer, and more beautiful than the hawthorn dressed in its first bud, tell him, if he will submit to the High King, that he may have Eav, Eifa, or Arva, the daughters of Alil of Ara, to replace his wife, and my friendship forever. In Shifanacha, the shadows lifted from around Lear's shoulders when he heard the messenger, He left the fort after a final farewell to his dead wife and headed to Loch Derg and Bodov. 
Had anyone seen the company of fifty chariots with glittering armour, splendid as dragonflies in the sun, swift as hawks to Loch Derg? They would have marvelled at it. But these were the Tuha de Danan, invisible to mortal men, and all men knew of it was the faint sound of tinkling and horses' hooves and a sudden blast of wind. Budov was at the gates of his palace by Loch Derg on the Shannon to welcome them. Angus was there too, and Mir, happy to be reconciled with Lear again. A great feast was laid before them, and there at the High Queen's right hand sat Budov's three foster daughters, Ev, Eatha, and Arva. They are all beautiful as each other, said Lear. How can I choose which one? Eav is like the sun in the west, Eafa the moon on the water, and Arva like the dawn star. Then Eav smiled at Lear.